0: You're listening to The Driven, the podcast that gives you the news and the views and the ins and the outs on electric vehicles. The Driven is presented by Giles Parkinson, the editor of Renew Economy and the Driven websites, and is brought to you by Solaray Energy, designing and installing solar and storage solutions so you can run your electric vehicle the smart way on solar.
1: Hello, my name is Giles Parkinson, I'm the editor of TheDriven.io and also the founder and editor of Renew Economy and welcome to The Driven Podcast. What I remember from my youth, looking at some of those delightful old cars, the delightful old lines that we used to see on the roads and one in particular that stood out was the MG Sports and it's racing green. We don't see so many of them anymore, and indeed, MG is no longer an English car manufacturer. It was bought by the Chinese car maker, just over a decade ago, and uh, we haven't seen much from them ever since, or at least they haven't come to my attention, and that's probably because if you looked at the MG range now, it um, has the same sort of SUV and hatchback models that um, so many other car makers have. But now they have done something a little bit special and a bit out of the ordinary. They've produced their first electric SUV. It's been selling in Europe for the last year or so and it has done very well and now it has arrived in Australia. It is the lowest price electric SUV in Australia, the first one under 50000 and I was among many journalists to enjoy the opportunity of a test drive at the launch in Sydney a couple of weeks ago. So in this episode we get a couple of different segments. We're going to start off with an interview with the MG Product Development Manager in Australia, Daniel Lenatic, and then I'm going to give you two audios of my experiences sitting inside the MG and driving it um, as we did the drive around the, sort of, the northern suburbs of Sydney and into the Kearingai National Park. I hope you enjoy it, but let's start off now with my interview with Daniel Linatich, the Product Development Manager at MG Motors Australia. Daniel Linatich, um thanks for joining the Driven Podcast. Great to be here. We are sitting in one of the newly released electric EVs and we're at a beautiful... Where are we? We're at Akuna Bay up in the north of Sydney. It's... um. It's pretty spectacular up here.
0: Yeah, it's a lovely
1: patch. Um, never been here before, but um, I'll be back. I, w- I think I'll be back too, and uh, hopefully in an electric car. We've just uh, driven up from Sydney. We've driven through clotted um, city roads, um, along some freeways, and through some country roads. It's it's a very pleasant experience in this electric car.
0: I'm glad you enjoy it as much as we do.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, look, it's actually it's actually really super impressive. Um, just for listeners, um, the electric MG has just been released this week. Uh, a knockdown asking price of $40,000 um, before on-roads, but $44,000 with $10 change on-roads. That is the lowest price new EV in Australia. The first, do you describe this as a compact SUV? Definitely. Compact SUV, first um, SUV under $50,000. Demi, how has MG done this and why? Well, Hal, I think you've got to go back to our parent
0: company's sake. Um, with, regards to, uh, to, with regards to why the the fact that Saic produces seven million cars a year globally um, and has been working on electric on our electric journey for over ten years, the fact that we're only one of three um, manufacturers to have our own supply chain is how. Um, why is we want to make EVs accessible to everyone?
1: This is not going to be your first EV, is it? It's going to be. um, Does does AMG have a vision of how quickly all its models will turn to at least have an electric option, or maybe electric only at some stage? Yeah, look, um, I think
0: electric only would be slightly ambitious, given where we are and um, Australia's appetite for ICE engines. However, we will have more offerings. This is our first, but definitely not our last. Um, we're pleased to announce uh, PHEV coming in quarter one of next year as well in the MGHS. Um, and there's a product lineup to follow um, shortly after that. But we'll be looking at having um, electric vehicles in all key segments.
1: You've got a pretty ambitious sales target. I think you're talking about 3,000 um, electric vehicles um, of, of, of this model um, by the end of next year. You've already sold the first 100 pre-orders. That's just gone right out the door, and um, those people will be really happy because they're now benefiting from a lower than expected price. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, look, 3,000 vehicles, that's almost as many electric vehicles or about the same number of electric vehicles that were sold in 2019 in all of Australia. So you're thinking of... That's, that's, that's a In the context of everything, it's a fairly high sales target. Pretty ambitious, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: and that's that's the way we, we try and... And that's how... Um, that's how we believe in this product, and we're very, very confident in the product. We're very confident in the offering, um, the way it's specced. You know, within magnificent, and it's not just the fact that it's an EV car. It's it's very practical. It still has one thousand one hundred and sixty-six liters of space in the back with the seats down. It still has the panoramic sunroof. It still has the MG pilot um, safety systems. So you're not compromising on any on anything. Therefore, we're positioning this brand not against other EVs. We're positioning this brand against other compact SUVs in general. And that's why those targets have been set. Um, their targets were Australia and New Zealand, I might add. Um, but, but that's why those targets have been set
1: it's interesting what you're just saying there about sort of positioning against other SUVs and, and, and possibly as a choice in your own range because this same uh, model has a petrol version and I guess the equivalent for the EV version is about $26,000. Yeah. Is that drive away? or Just a tick or or over that. Yeah. Just a tick over that. Yeah. So you, you've kind of narrowed the gap between the cost of the petrol car and the electric vehicle.
0: I think we're one of the only to do that. We're only OEMs to do that. And that's, again, because we want to make electric for everyone Mm. and we want to create an affordable option for everyone. And now, um, and cost of life, ownership, when you look at the servicing costs and so forth, and you do the mathematical equations, that number will come even closer over time.
1: So, what are we looking at now? Sort of cost of life comparison? Would it be the same sort of over four years, or five years, or six years? Or how do you how do you measure that?
0: Look, at the moment, it's the servicing costs and the servicing intervals. Twenty thousand Ks. Your first service is one hundred and sixty dollars, for mm. example. So, when you start to look at those numbers and realise that really. you're not not replacing oil, you're not replacing filters, you are replacing brake pads and tyres, but all of those other moving engine parts, which there are thousands of, um, there's no need to worry about those anymore. So when you look at all of those costs um, that are associated with with that, that's when you start to um, realise that the cost of ownership will come down.
1: Mm. Does MG have a view about how quickly the cost, the upfront cost of an electric vehicle will be about the same as a a petrol car, as a petrol equivalent?
0: The upfront cost? Mm. I'd have to do the numbers specifically, we haven't gone into that level of detail, but if you look at, um, yeah, I I actually don't know the answer to that.
1: No, that's okay. But that'll be the that'll be the final tipping point. I would have thought when people actually move to to electric. How much of MG's strategy is being dictated by, say, policies internationally? In Europe, you've got really tight petrol standards now and fuel efficiency standards. There's even restrictions about whether petrol and diesel car sales will be allowed beyond certain points. Twenty thirty in some countries, twenty thirty five in others, and Norway it might even be as early as twenty twenty five. Is is that sort of dictating the way that MG is viewing the world and sort of calibrating its models?
0: Absolutely. You've got to look at government and infrastructure and forward planning. Um, the, globally, it's a vision to um, become emissions-free where possible. Um, we've, we've, had a, we've been focused on that journey for some time, um, and it's no surprise that, that we're bringing cars like this out um, straight out of the blocks at these price points because we see this as a big part of Australia's future.
1: Mm, mm. And what do you like most about this particular model? I mean, I guess you've driven it a few times now. Um, do you own one yet?
0: I don't. Well, fortunately in my business, I get to drive a lot of cars and I don't <laughs> actually, but I don't actually own any. Oh, well, there you go. You don't have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what's
1: your vehicle of choice at the moment? Is it electric? Well, it's or? absolutely the EV. Yes. And yeah. why?
0: Uh, well, I think the 353 newton metres of torque are quite uh, exciting. But it's it's the practicality, it's the space. The kids love the colour. Mm-hmm. Um, the kids love the stargazer roof. Um, the wife loves the colour, the, and actually she really enjoys the practicality of um, being able to zip around town in and out of you know school pickups and drop-offs. Uh, but still have enough space for for um for everything else.
1: One thing I noticed about it was, it's, I mean, it's quiet because it's electric car, so there's no engine noise. But it's actually quite quiet inside. It doesn't seem to be too much road noise as well.
0: Well, and and again, that goes back to sake, and it's um you know we produce seven million cars a year globally, right? So we're ranked 52 in the Fortune 500 at the moment. And uh, when you go over there and you look at the R&D and you look at the infrastructure and you look at the technology that they have to build cars, you'll then quickly understand why they're getting things like this right. It's because they're investing really heavily in, in, in engineering and technology and innovation to make sure that we produce quality products um, for oh. everybody. Yeah.
1: Mm, mm. And um, yeah, no, just just to the, just the driving and, and and the speed. It's interesting because you're describing it not to one hundred and eight point something seconds, yeah. which doesn't sound too exciting. But not to sixty and three point one, and that gives it a bit of a zit, doesn't it? Absolutely. So, yes,
0: yeah. um, it helps you. And uh, again, I don't condone um, you know the speeding, but there, there are times where you need to get in and out of trouble. Mm. Um, and, and it's a linear. Um, it's uh, I love how linear it is and how smooth it is. I think that's the benefit of this car as well. Um, it's certainly not a jerky acceleration it just comes on smooth and it comes on strong.
1: Mm. You mentioned colours I mean I don't know what you describe this is like a baby blue or well, an azul. The,
0: um. uh, well we're going back to our heritage here and this one's a clipper blue.
1: A clipper blue yeah. okay was that the old sort of MG sports car type things was yeah, it? There was I remember a, racing green but yeah, uh, <laughs> there, was an
0: old, there was an old MG that had a clipper blue and so we've uh, we've taken that little piece of heritage and put it into this car.
1: Oh beautiful yeah. and do you have any other colours?
0: Um, yep there's a full range you know um, obviously there's a Eagle blue as well. Yes. Um, there's a diamond red and white um, and black at the moment that's coming. Yeah. Mm.
1: And how have these gone? Um, this presumably been launched in other markets around the world already. Yep. How, how Have the sales gone there? We've been very, very optimistic um,
0: straight out of the blocks because of how well they have gone overseas. Um, Europe has, got, you know, uh, taken this product on and really um, embraced it. Um, We're very proud of the success we've had internationally, specifically with the MGZSCV. Actually, all products have gone quite well, but this one in particular has been Mm. well accepted. Mm. I think, um, don't correct me if I'm wrong, but either Norway or Netherlands, I can't remember now, I only just saw the email. I think we've already hit top three in some of those smaller markets.
1: Well, judging by your um, sales target for Australia and New Zealand, you're going to be hitting top three here as well, um, which would uh, one which would maybe. be fantastic. <laughs> well, in the next year, if you reach your target, I think um, <laughs> we'll come out with a little little prize. Um, look, I grew up in the sort of 60s and 70s and the MGs with just these lovely sort of sports cars and things like that. you um, going to bring back an electric one of those.
0: Well, I think yesterday in our, um, in Peter's speech, we called the sports car our dessert. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: um, Where are we now? Are we at the entree now. Yeah, or, or we're well, we during the main course. Well, or sort of... <laughs> I, I think
0: I think we are in um, the main course. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So the because we, we do want to make uh, EVs mainstream. Mm. So definitely, it's the main course. And then the sports car is is dessert. We understand uh, Australia's appetite for another MG sports car. It's not lost on us, but we want to make sure it's um, at the right time.
1: Well, I'll be looking forward to that. Um, just on charging then, what, what, t- tell us about the charging. You, you, you provide a charger which costs what? Um, at, at home? Um, yep. 7.2 kilowatts, I understand it is. Yeah. Is that one and a half thousand, two thousand dollars $2,000? Yeah,
0: uh, fitted. Um, it'll just be a tick over $2,000 okay. for a 7.2 kilowatts and charging of around seven hours.
1: Okay, and your normal charging, fast charging, CCS2, yep. um, up to what speed? CCS2, well, we've, we've achieved 85 kilowatts, okay. which is
0: um, quite good. Again, and it all comes down to the grid and how much energy that charger, uh, well, what, where um, the charger is positioned, how much uh, the grid is drawing from in other buildings, etc. But we've um, been in Melbourne and had 85 kilowatts achieved. Um, I would suggest average would be about 60 kilowatts. Okay.
1: And presumably you're keen for to see more um, in charging infrastructure out there. In, it would. In... We're not waiting
0: for it. Yes. Where uh, you know we hope people migrate to electric vehicles. That will then, um, we will start the movement and then that will hopefully force the departments responsible to act more quickly.
1: Mm-hmm. And just on range then, so W um, WLTP I think it's um, 262. 262. Yeah. Um, around the city you're saying about 360 or something yep. like that. Combined I think on the stick up there it says 320. Yep. If you're going down the highway at 110 clicks, how far would you get?
0: Oh, look! It's a good question because um, it just really depends on how quickly you're going from zero to 110 each time, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and and as well as um, the regenerative, if you got it on three or two or one. Yeah. So depending on the regen versus, um, you know, how how fast how. Uh, heavier footies. That all um, mm-hmm. it all comes down to that. Mm. Similar to petrol engine.
1: Okay, but what are we talking about? So 200, 250 kilometres yeah. maybe down the highway. Look, um,
0: we've um, we've still yet to achieve. Um, we've done 260. That's mm-hmm. obviously tested. That's why it's WLTP. Um, and so we're sticking to that number pretty closely. All the experience that we've had personally has given you, you know, the 250, 260 mark. So we're we're confident that the car will maintain that. Terrific. Thank you
1: very much um,
0: for talking on the Driven podcast. Uh, thank you very much.
1: So here we are out on a uh, country road north of Sydney near the beautiful pit water region and um, we can hear some birds singing and we're sitting in an MG Electric and uh, I'm just going to take you through it it's um look it's a compact SUV it's pretty simple inside it's nice clean layout the controls are clear and easy to use it's not fussy at all um, I'm just going to switch on the car um, there it is so I've just just switched it on just to press the button here comes the air-conditioning. I'll just switch that off. Um, looks like there's a fair bit of air-conditioning anywhere. Uh, there you go. That was the sound of another MG electric car just going past us. So, can't hear an engine, but you can hear the uh, wheel noise, the tyre noise on the road. Um, it's pretty simple sort of thing. I'm just going to put it into drive. Quick turn of a button. And we're just going to take off. Well, slowly anyway, at first. So we're on a small windy road, so just a couple of bumps. but As you can hear, it's a bit of a whir of the engine, but pretty quiet really. I'm actually super impressed with this car. It only costs about $40,000 before on roads, $44,000 with $10 change on the road. It's um, it's the lowest cost uh, electric vehicle in Australia at the moment, the first SUV under $50,000, and it's pretty good value for money. I'm just going to turn on the air conditioning because it's a bit warm. There we go. So we've now got a bit of air conditioning noise. Um, it's pretty zippy. Look, there's three driving modes, as there are in most electric vehicles. There's the echo, which is kind of a bit like treacle. <laughs> Not that exciting. There's the normal, which is which is normal. It's average. And sporty, which am I in that now? No, I'm actually just in neutral. I'm just going to flick it over to sporty. There you go. And it's actually that much more zippier. It's, um, you can accelerate out of the corners. You can, great for sort of negotiating city traffic, and great for negotiating windy roads like this. It's got three levels of regen as well. Um, one, two, and three, like most electric vehicles. Regen is basically, um, it puts sort of energy back in the system. There's some, one is very, very light. Two is medium. Three is hard. But it's really interesting because the, um, the strongest one here on the um, MG Electric isn't actually that um, strong compared to other electric vehicles I've driven. So I really like strong regen because it kind of enables you to have one pedal driving and not to use the brake. Um, and I just think it just adds this, this wonderful new dimension to, to, to driving your car. So I'm pretty happy with it. I'm going past the photographers now taking pictures of us all and that's pretty exciting. There's um, an 8, 9, 10 MGs all lined up in a row, so that's pretty good. I'm just turning in now, um, I'll come back in a minute, or a bit later on, to sort of talk more about um, what I've discovered and what I've learnt, and um, let you know how I go. I'm just going to reverse it in now, and just really nice, just quick turn of the knob, reverse it in, Got a camera. I'm gonna try not to get the car next to me. And perfect. There you go. Just sitting here now. Look, it is actually a really nicely pointed car. It's got a fantastic sunroof, so you can sort of peel back the um, the shade. You can also open it and push it back. So for 40 grand, a compact SUV, it's pretty good value. It's comparative um, price for the fuel vehicle is $26,000. So it's really interesting. There's actually not that much difference, or there's a lower difference between the cost of the standard petrol car and the electric vehicle version. And that makes it actually more interesting because when you think about the savings from the lack of petrol costs, the lack of um, the cheaper maintenance because there's less moving parts which can um, break down, then the, um, the, the overall cost, the lifetime cost, is actually makes it pretty interesting. So it to be really interesting to see what this $40,000, $44,000 vehicle, how it takes off in the market. They've sold their hundred already. They're actually aiming to sell $3,000 next year. Now that's equivalent to the total amount of electric vehicles sold in 2019. So if they manage to do that, then that's really gonna put some impetus under the market and it's gonna make it pretty much the best selling electric vehicle in the, um, in the sector at the moment. Anyway, I'm gonna come back and give you another bit of a drive experience later on. Um, I'll just sign off for now. Well, we're back in the car now. You can hear the tick ticking as we're waiting for a traffic light to turn green, and it has. We're still in our orderly queue of 9 MG ZS Electrics. Mm -hmm. And now we're back in the car for about the third time and it's, um, look the initial impressions are still pretty strong, it's a a really smooth ride, we've just been going through the windy roads of um, the Kiringai National Park and and that was a lot of fun, Um, probably doesn't handle the roads quite as well as a real top model like the Jaguar I-Pace or a a Tesla but it does pretty well and it's got plenty of verve. Um, in sports mode or even in normal mode. Now we're just going along a two-lane road or four-lane road I guess you could call it and um, sitting at 80 kilometres an hour. It's very comfortable. It's quiet as you can hear. And it's smooth. Um, my tips would be that um, I'd like to see harder regenerative braking. Um, about the only other thing that I can really criticise is that someone forgot about the coffee cup holders. I can't see any. We are very much now the, la- the latte set, so I don't know where anyone puts their drinks or their water bottles or or anything. So that seems to have been a um, bit of an omission and um, I probably should have um, asked Danny about that. But it does strike me that this is a major new step in the evolution of the electric electric car industry in Australia and the take-up. We're now at a price point of 40000 before on roads, $44,000 $10 all in on the roads, and I guess that might vary from state to state depending on the stamp duty and things like that, so maybe it might be cheaper in the ACT. We're at the price point now where this is a pretty compelling proposition for people really interested in electric vehicles. We know that SUVs and compact SUVs are the popular sort of car that people like to have. Um, So yeah, and um, as I was saying with Danny, they've got a really ambitious sales target. 3,000 over the next 15 months. Now that's Australia and New Zealand. Um, it's not even 15 months. If they reach that target, it will probably make it the best selling EV in Australia and will effectively double the sales from the last year. So you have to wish them luck and, and see how that goes. And um, it's going to be interesting to see whether it's word of mouth or advertising camp- campaigns. It's going to be interesting to see to what extent that the charging stations and the charging infrastructure holds them, holds them back, but um, look, this has got a decent range. It seems to be between about 260 to 360 depending whether you're out on the road, on the highway or in the city. Um, it's, um, it's got good range. And look, just these controls that I'm just looking at now as I'm driving along are really easy. I actually really like the dashboard. Um, it's got kind of an old style speedo and one thing I really like on the right hand side is basically it just gives you like an old speedo type dial, a bit retro style, but it just shows you quite clearly where you're charging, your range of best efficiency with the battery between 0 and 20 or 30 percent and then the extra power when you're sort of accelerating and um, up to the yellow region when you're accelerating really hard because you just really going for that um, going for that zippiness and um, I guess the only thing that's hard to read if anything is the actual fuel gauge um, which they sort of put it out as <laughs> kind of like a fuel gauge but it's essentially the battery charge and I can see there there's some dotted lines which suggest it's just below 50 or just above 50% now we're on our way home so we're not going to run out um, but that's not you kind of got to look at it a bit harder it's not quite an easy read but look apart from that everything else is um, really quite good and that's probably just a bit of a wrap from here so look congratulations to MG on um, really quite impressive vehicle um, I think I've seen too many um, blue MGs um, for one day and i would be interested to see what they look like in different colors but look for the price point And for the performance, this really is quite an impressive um, product offering. And um, I think it's gonna be really interesting to to see what happens and um, and the take up of this. I've just got a white van right up the backside, let him go past, doesn't seem very happy. And I think it's gonna be a big test of the market. So um, good luck to MG and um, good luck to everyone choosing to buy one.
0: Driven podcast was brought to you by Solaray Energy. Solaray Energy has been designing and installing solar and storage solutions for electric vehicle owners since EVs first arrived in Australia. There's a smarter way to run your EV from solarray Visit solaray.com.au forward slash the driven.